Fish at six on a Friday. TGIF, that guy's fish. And I am your trusted, trusted correspondent, Mike Fisher. This is the fishbowl. That is the star. We poked around a bit today, and we came up with three things. That's right, three things. Thing number one to focus on, freaky versus sneaky. Thing number two to focus on, who's this uh, six foot eight, 375 pound offensive tackle that you guys are asking about? Okay, I got to the bottom of it. And thing number three that we sniffed around about, ranking the NFL general managers. And what are we going to do about Jerry? Straight dope. No bullsh with your help. Uh, bring something of intellect to the table. Get in, get on, be good. There's the brief fund if you want to participate that way. Of course, uh, you can super chat it, and uh, that helps uh, fortify the 75-member staff. Or just uh, be you. Uh, the fish heads in Cowboy Nation. So lovely, so friendly, so warm, so inviting. Look at you all, 63,000 strong. You might want to look over my other shoulder. There's the QR code to get into the uh, Uncle Fish store and it's a delight thanks to broken halo but over my other shoulder what do i see blocking my proof that this is an emmy award-winning program hmm hmm there seems to be some foco cowboy beard scratchers over there stay tuned also stay tuned for the thursday the 27th cowboy draft watch party we'll do it at the maverick bar 1616 hebron you and me and oh i don't know probably maybe 300 of our best friends. First 300 to get in, get in. Thursday night, 1616 Hebron at the Maverick Bar, which I own. Bing, let's start with freaky versus sneaky. If you look at all the uh, draft experty media guys who are saying who's who on the tight ends, they're all saying Mayer and Kincaid. Uh, they do not seem to be concerned about the Kincaid back thing. And Mayer, um, there's there, some people are doing the Gronk comparison. I think it's the Witten comparison. And the Cowboys certainly at tight end do have a type, don't they? Hmm. <laughs> they do seem to have a type that ends up working out. But what about Freaky versus Sneaky? Cowboys this week hosting a couple of possible replacements for Dalton Schultz. And again, I'm not sure why the replacements for Dalton Schultz aren't already on the roster, but here they come parading into the star. Georgia's Darnell Washington freak and South Dakota state's Tucker craft sneak. Now, neither one of them, had gigantic numbers with Washington at Georgia. They won back-to-back -back national titles, and he was a contributor. 38 catches, 600 yards, three touchdowns in the last two seasons. That's two seasons. Uh, he was second-team All-SEC, full-time starter. But we're looking at him if, in terms of his numbers as it's going to translate to something even more in the NFL because he's freaky. Kraft in his three th three seasons. Now somebody wrote, he caught 99 passes for 1200 yards and nine touchdowns. 
Yeah. Over the course of three seasons. So he's a projection too with the Jackrabbits playing on the frozen tundra of the Dakotas. Uh, they think he can catch the ball and run block. They think he's a day two talent. But here he rolls into the star. Now, why am I calling Washington freaky? Well, he's about 6'7", and as Dane Brugger tells us, a lean 280. And it's hard to be a lean 280-pound guy. And he's at Brugler says he's the most lean 280-pound guy to ever play in the NFL, assuming he plays in the NFL. Kraft, we're calling him sneaky for obvious reasons. South Dakota, what? But all the measurables, all his measurables kind of match up to Michael Mayer, 6'5", 254, uh, runs a 4'6", 36-inch vertical leap, all that kind of stuff. Still, though, sneaky because of his obvious lower profile. But having said all that and all these tight ends, I present to you the ladies and gentlemen of the Fish Report jury. If Jake Ferguson was in this draft, he went in the fourth round then. He obviously is better than a fourth rounder now. Where would Jake Ferguson go if he was in this draft? Is Dalton Kincaid, I mean, is he, are you sure he's better than Jake Ferguson? And then there's the legend of Peyton Hendershot, who I'm telling you is a better athlete than Jake Ferguson. Of those two guys, as the Cowboys, I'm told, look for their, they want their Travis Kelsey. Why can't we have a Travis Kelsey? Between those two guys? Athletically, the legend of Peyton Hendershot is the Kelsey. Where would he go in this draft, undrafted, of course, last year? If Ferguson was a was a fourth-round pick, and now you know he's an NFL player and an NFL kind of starter, wouldn't he be a second-round pick? And if Peyton Hendershot is more athletic than him, wouldn't he be a third-round pick? I hope the Cowboys are know what they're doing here. Obviously, they, they know Fergushot better than we do. But I still think something's missing here. Dean Graham with a $10 pitch-in. It's been a while since my last pitch-in. Well, welcome back, Dean. How often do tags touch in the draft board? And at that point, do you draft for position? The most famous tags touching in recent Cowboy draft board history is, of course, Jalen Ramsey and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, in 2016. And I still argue that as long as you knew what was going to happen at the end and what was going to happen badly first, it's okay. But Jalen Ramsey's still going strong. And in terms of an all-around quarterback, is still about as good as it gets. And of course, Zeke, no longer about as good as it gets. So there's, there's the most famous tag touching uh, that I know of in Cowboy history. I got to tell you, Dean, I think it's a cop-out. You got to pick one and you got to rank them. And my problem with tags touching is if you go in, if, if, it, if tags are touching and now you're on the clock, well, you don't know what the hell you're going to do. 
Why didn't you figure it out before? You, you needed to figure it out five minutes ago, not now. So I don't think, uh, I, I don't think it's very common and I don't think it's a very good look, frankly. Item two. And let's do Dewan Jones here because you guys have been asking a lot about him. And listen, as you know, I'm not a scout. I'm just an anchor man in a necktie. But he's 6'8". He's 375. And here's what's going on with the Ohio State tackle, Dewan Jones. First of all, I think it's pretty obvious. If you're 6'8", 375, your footwork's probably not great, right? Relatively speaking. Uh, the hand fighting, I've seen those highlights. And again, you can cut up highlights of everybody, but that, like, you get in hand fighting with him, you're going to lose. And of course, he can envelop you because he's 6'8", 375. Here's my hesitation. By the way, I don't think the Cowboys need, need a tackle. So I, I, don't, I don't make a Cowboy uh, connection here with uh, Dewan Jones, Ohio State, 6'8", 375. But I will say this, and I'm not shocked. My friend Dane Brugler at the Senior Bowl was saying, I believe, that a lot of NFL teams had a fourth-round grade on him at the Senior Bowl. Now, that was just a few weeks ago. And now I think Dane Brugler's got him mocked to go with the number 31 pick. He jumped up three rounds? I'm iffy. How did he get, how did he get better in a month of not playing football? So I'm, I'm skeptical. I mean, listen, if, if, if that guy falls into my lap at 6'8", 375, you know what the biggest thing that I do on this? It's the same thing I do with seven-foot centers in basketball. Randy Minich, Fisher. You can call me Fish, by the way. We're coming from Longview to the Maverick Bar on Thursday the 27th. Please be there. I will definitely be there at 6 o'clock and a little before. And then we'll, we'll wrestle with how long, because i got to zip back and forth between the star. But yes, 6 o'clock. Maverick Bar, Thursday, the 27th, I will be there. And uh, invite you to be there, too. So, yes, make the drive. It'll be fun. It's so fun. We have so much fun there. Um, yeah, I'm, I, 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 that's hard for me. I think somebody said, well, maybe Dane watched more film. Uh, maybe. Maybe, but the Dane said the teams had a fourth round grade on him, not him. And now Dane, very plugged in, 
Now, Dean's saying somebody must have high first round grades on. I'm sorry, high second round grades on him. Yes, Paul Gale, when we go to the Maverick Bar on Thursday the 27th, we will do Fish at Six Live. And hopefully we'll have all our assorted friends. Here's, here's my, and I, I assume teams are smart enough to figure this out because I'm uh, quite a dope. Do you like football? Because what happens in basketball is some PE coach sees that there's this kid in the sixth grade and he's a foot taller than everybody else. And he sees him walking down the hall and he sticks a basketball in his hand or fourth grade or whatever it is. And he goes, guess what you are? What? Uh, I like to play the clarinet. Not anymore, son. You're a basketball player. And next thing you know, he's got some aptitude for it. He works hard at it. Um, he gets to be a high school basketball superstar and he gets the ladies. And the next thing you know, this guy that secretly doesn't even like basketball decides, I think I'm going to be a basketball player. And it almost never works. And that's what I wonder about the six foot seven, 285, a 385 pound offensive lineman. Is he doing this because it's the thing that his body was born to do? Or is he doing this because it's the thing that his mind was born to do? Ben Smith, I might try to come to the party from Tulsa. We had a bunch of those last year, and let's do it again. Ben Smith, come on. Terry Knoll just joined the Uncle Fish Premium Club. Ask the fellas. They'll show you how. Frank Estraga, it won't be so fun if we don't have a first-round pick. Please don't trade out. If the Cowboys do a pre-draft uh, press conference, and I'm sure they will, I guarantee you for the 34th consecutive year, RHL has checked in from Alaska. He's been a member in the Uncle Fish Premium for 18 months. Big house comes in to the Uncle Fish Premium as well. Welcome to the straight dope level. Uncle Fish Premium uh, supporting the program, and we really appreciate it. By the time Jerry gets done answering the dumb question, why do we have, Joe, Jerry, what's the possibility that you might trade up in the show? Uh, 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 Mr. David, uh, we're, we're going to look at that possible. We've talked about it now. Uh, and we're going to just between us girls. We're going to look at that real hard. We're real hard. We're going to look at that. Next question. Todd Archer. What's the possibility, Jerry, that you might move backwards? Well, uh, uh, Mr. Arch, uh, uh, I'm smiling when I say that now, but, but without any hesitation, I'm going to hesitate, but to not hesitate to indicate that you, we're going to look at that. Absolutely. We're going to look at that. Uh, Steven, uh, 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 Will, Big Mike, uh, 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 Mr. Mike Fisher. What, what's your what about Jerry? What about moving sideways? Mr. Mike, we've, we've looked at the, we We've studied the idea of moving sideways and it's all horse piss. They don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> the only thing I would say don't do is as a general rule of thumb, crypto, did you just say you own the Maverick bar? Yes. Yes. Unless you go in there and somehow 
you decide that the service wasn't impeccable, in which case, I don't know what you're talking about. The problem with moving from 26 to 33 is you lose the fifth year option on the player. If you, you forfeit a year of contractual control of a guy that you hope is a superstar, that's the problem. That's why you don't do it. I'll move from 26 to 27. I'll move from 26 to 32. That's me. And finally, on this program tonight, um, standing alone is talking about unionize the Maverick Bar, but what you must be talking about is onionize the Maverick Bar. And absolutely uh, uh, delicious onions, onion rings at the Maverick Bar. So thank you, standing alone, for your comment. We have already onionized the Maverick Bar. CJ, Fish needs a Ford Maverick then. CJ, do you know what I drive for a vehicle? It's not a Ford Maverick. So uh, NFL Network did a thing and they ranked the general managers. And you know what I think of rankings, right? It's really a good way to twiddle your D when there's nothing else to do. Mickey Loomis of the Saints is the 14th best general manager. One spot better than Chris Greer of Miami. Why? I don't know. Who's the NFL Network's worst general manager? It's George in Denver. All right, he deserved that because he supervised uh, one, of the, one of the biggest flop trades of all time. Who's, oh, he's 25, George. Oh, and then there's guys that are too new to judge. Okay, so of the, of the, Incumbent general managers, Denver George is the worst. It's funny that at number 22, they put Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, which is accurate. Martin Mayhew is the general manager, but Ron Rivera, kind of like, it's kind of like Popovich and kind of like Belichick. Ron Rivera is in charge. So it's smart of them to put both names. But when we get to Jerry, why do they don't put both names? Jerry Steven, in fact, Jerry Steven Will is the Dallas equivalent of Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew. Does, does NFL.com not know that? Here's the rankings. First of all, it's hard to argue against Howie. They, they, they've made, they built a great roster. Uh, they struck gold on a second round quarterback. Uh, he makes daring moves and they, they've stayed really good multiple times. Kansas City is number two. Duke Tobin, Cincinnati, number three. I'm going to say this about Cincinnati. They are, their general manager gets a good grade for one reason, because they sucked bad enough to get Joe Burrow. That's it. I'm not sure that that's all that great. In Buffalo, NFL Network says 
the fourth best general manager is Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. You guys, Sean McDermott's not the general manager. He's not even close. Sean McDermott doesn't run the Bills any more than Mike McCarthy runs the Cowboys. What are we doing? John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. John Lynch is the general manager, not Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Number six, Les Snead and Sean McVay. That's wrong. Les Snead is the general manager. Number seven, Brad Holmes. Detroit Lions have the seventh best general manager in football. Could have fooled me. Number eight, Brian Gutenkunst, Green Bay. Stop. They can't even get Aaron Rodgers out of there. NFL Network writes, Goody, they call him. Goody is moving on from Rodgers at the right time. Is he? Is he? First of all, is he moving on from Rodgers? Because Aaron Rodgers right now has, usually he just screws up one franchise in the offseason. Right now he's screwing up two. Secondly, are you sure, Goody, that moving on from Rodgers last year wouldn't have been the right time since you didn't make the playoffs and you paid him $40 million? This seems like an ass kiss to me. John Schneider, Seattle Seahawks, ranked too low. And by the way, if you're going to put coach and general manager as the general manager, you don't put Pete Carroll there? You're wrong. Pete Carroll is more of a co-general manager in Seattle than Sean McDermott is in Buffalo. I promise you. And then comes number 10. Jerry Jones is in the top 10. Homegrown Hall of Famers, two straight years of winning. Time to give this increased, uh, to give this front office some credit. Perhaps the increased influence of Will McClay and Stephen Jones has helped, you think? But they don't even mention Mike McCarthy. Guys, Oh, and then Bill Belichick's 11. So Jerry's better than Bill Belichick. Guys, uh, uh, two points here, and then I'll close. Frederick Anderson with a $10 pitch in. Fish, thanks for this Cowboys steak burger. You give us thick and juicy information about the Cowboys every morning, every night. Can't get it anywhere else. Straight dope, no bulls. I pride myself on that, and I appreciate you noting that and invite you, of course, uh, you and uh, many, many more of us, to be fish heads in Cowboy Nation and subscribe to what we do here. Thank you for that kind comment. Sugar Daddy, I had Belichick 10th. Why did you bother? Based on that list, we don't even know what a general manager is. I'll take, first of all, are we basing this on what they did last year? Then you can't put Detroit there. Are we basing it on what they did in the last 25 years, then you can't beat out Belichick. Are we based on what we're doing this year? Well, then give it to give it to Jerry. Why are we including coaches on some teams as being co-general managers and not other teams? Jimmy Looper. Jimmy Johnson would be the best GM ever. He had a chance to be the GM in Miami. Didn't really work out that well, Timothy. Max, Belichick is a terrible GM. Max, who do you think was the general manager for the better part of the last quarter century in, in New England? Belichick is Popovich. 
Will McClay is extremely powerful here. Um, the, the de facto co-general manager. But if NFL Network is going to give multiple names to other teams and not to the Cowboys, then they don't get it. If you want to really give credit or blame to the Cowboys general manager, because Jerry is a general manager like no other general manager in the history of sports, you got to go one, two, three, four. You got you to you go Cowboys general management team. Jerry, Steven, Will, and Big Mike. Max, Belichick's drafting and free agent signing have been terrible. Not for 25 years, Max. They go to, they go to seven Super Bowls, Max. What are you talking about? They go to a Super Bowl every three years. Ryan Doyle, hey Fish, is that a clip on? You don't, uh, you don't seem to understand, Ryan, what a classy operation you bumped into. Clip on my arse. Fish out.